Coming up on today's Locked On Senators, with so much discussion about the bottom six next season in Ottawa, I've circled a free agent that the Senators should, no, must sign. And we continue our exit interviews with a pair of power forwards. Today, it's Julian Gauthier and our guy, Igor Sokolov. All that, and it is officially Blue Team Elimination Watch season. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first ticket purchase on the Game Time app. This is the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day. Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Schützler, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 796 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains, please like and subscribe wherever you download your podcasts, including on YouTube, where we are oh so close to another milestone. Today is Wednesday, May 10th, and Pilsy, stick taps are in order for Brady Kachuk. Woo, yes. This year's Ottawa Senators nominee for the King Clancy Trophy. And who else but Brady Kachuk, right? He's been the emotional leader on this team since the day Mark Stone was traded back in 2019. He's taken his game on the ice to new levels. We know that he likes to have a good time off the ice when it calls for it. But this guy also understands the value of community. And we saw that especially this year opening up Kachuk's captains over at the Boys and Girls Club of Ottawa. Yeah, just a, just an awesome initiative, uh, Ross, as him and his fiance they spent time uh, with the kids at the Boys and Girls Club. And yeah, Kachuk's captain, it gives jerseys to seven of the kids at each of the locations. He spent time playing with them, which, uh, Ross, I would have loved to see some of the footage. Brady's a competitive guy, even in something like oh, this is just for fun dodgeball. I bet he's out there uh, like Billy Madison up against those kids, just giving it his all. But that's what it's all about. He's showing the kids that uh, you can have a good time and use sports to stay active and, you know, uh, make friends and things like that. So I think it's a great initiative because there's a lot of kids in today's world uh, that, you know, they need, they need a little help. They need a little support, and they need role models like Brady Kachuk. So great initiative, very deserving of the Senators' nomination for King Clancy. The King Clancy Award is presented to the player who best exemplifies leadership qualities on and off the ice and has made a noteworthy humanitarian contribution to his community. Now, there is a nominee for every single team in the league, but it is also a very... You know, exciting award to be a part of where you're you're getting the I mean the name of King Clancy. This guy was a legend. Ottawa Senators legend, may I add? King Clancy. But uh, of course it's something that uh, t- teams should take a lot of pride in whenever they get their chance to earn that nomination. Looking at King Clancy's awards here. Played for Sandy Hill, my old stop. Nice, Played for Ottawa Collegiate, which I wanna say is Lisger now which would be my old stomping grounds. <laughs> then 
played for St. Bridget's in the OCHL in Ottawa. And then this guy, I mean, you're looking at a multi-time Stanley Cup champion on left defense with the Ottawa Senators. So there you go. Hey, fun fact about King Clancy, the first hockey player to play all six positions in one game. Wow, that's actually really impressive. a boy. In the third period, this is in a Stanley Cup final game. Could you imagine today if a player strapped on the pads? Because goalie Clint Benedict, maybe the greatest goalie in Ottawa Senators history, Craig Some Anderson, Clint Benedict, at the time, goalies served their own penalties. Oh, that's awesome. I actually think they should bring that back. That's clutch, man. These names, King Clancy and what's this guy's name? Clint Benedict. Clint Benedict. Just some classic lads. 100%. The last Stanley Cup champions for the Ottawa Senators. I I actually do think they should bring that back. Goalies serve their own penalties. And what? Leave the net open or just give the give up? No, you toss the backup in. You toss the backup. Because, man, you can't you can't be out there Ron Hextall slashing guys in the back of legs and then you're just like, oh, well, that doesn't bother me. Like, get over there. Get in the box. All right. Well, that's certainly a take on this show. <laughs> Let us know what your thoughts are. Should goalies serve their own penalties? Um, I know that everyone's going to come together tonight with the Toronto Maple Leafs facing elimination. They are 3-6. and six when facing elimination in the Matthews-Marner era. They've won one series and zero games outside the first round. Look, I'm all in on this game again. They get past the first round. All their fans act like they won the Stanley Cup. Uh, Nikita Kucherov voice. They win one game. They act like they win Stanley Cup, right? <laughs> in the To Montreal fans there in the, uh, in, the, in the bubble finals. But in all seriousness with um, – or that wasn't the bubble. It was the year after, by the way. Um, gotcha. But then you look at what <laughs> you look at what could be where they get out of the first round for the first time in 19 years, but then don't win a game. I'm all in tonight for the Florida Panthers. Yeah, it would just be awesome. It would add to the allure of Leafs fans' misery, which we're all about. Because uh, I, I I say this half as a troll and half legit, Ross. Can you count them getting to the second round if they don't win a game? No, I mean, Florida was absolutely roasted when they beat, they won the first round and then Tampa swept them. Yeah, so I don't I don't know, Leafs fans, but uh, one thing, Ross, Mitch Marner doesn't care what we say. Yes. Yeah. Just, just let that be known. He, he, wants you, he wants each and every media member to know that he does not care. No, he just doesn't care. He doesn't care. He doesn't I'll care. I'll ask him if he cares because he wants everyone to know he definitely doesn't care. Well, hopefully he cares a little bit more, uh, or I guess, I don't know. What I'm trying to say is he certainly showed that he didn't care too much about having the puck in his own end behind the net in a playoff game. Like, what was he doing there? He has the puck behind his net. He's looking around, and he's like, oh, crap, there's players coming at me right now. What do I do here? Like, oh, man, I hate Mitch Marner so much. Big time. But he doesn't know. He doesn't care. No, he he could not care less. Um, Hey, shout out Ian Mendez. Our boy, Mr. Worldwide, is out in in outside of Dusseldorf. I want to say it's it's Viersen, right? Is the town that Tim Stutzel's from. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to dox Ian here. I don't know where exactly he is. But yes, he tweeted out he's just outside of Dusseldorf. A, a great city in Germany, Ross. With Timmy Superstar. So we'll be excited. To, he's officially on a heater, by the way. Had a one-on-one with DJ Smith in Hungary. Now he's in Germany. This guy is hopping all over the globe 
to make sure Sens fans get their coverage they deserve. He also finished up the uh, fan survey. We'll have him on when he gets back and gets the jet lag out from under him, and, and we'll get We uh, should meet him out there, Ross. Why, why do we got to wait for him to get back? We'll, we'll meet him in, uh, in Spain. How about that? Barcelona. All right, sounds good. I got the next two days off, so just get me home by my shift on Saturday morning, and we'll be there. Good. We go. We'll be good to go. But in all seriousness, we do have a lot to get into on this show, including why I believe Redacted is the perfect fit for the Ottawa Senators. That is coming up next, and then our exit interviews with a pair of young, up-and-coming power forwards. That's next. You're listening to Locked On Senators. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Indeed. Guys, if you're a business owner and you're looking to apply, you need Indeed. It's the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in the same place. It makes it simple. Don't waste your valuable time on multiple job sites hoping that the right candidates come to you because with Indeed, you get candidates that match your job description the moment you put your job up on Indeed. Over 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed to hire talent fast. They do all the hard work for you. Sponsor a job and they'll match you with quality candidates who their resumes match your fit right when you post. You can get started hiring fast. And Indeed knows when you have your own business, you gotta make every dollar count, especially in today's world. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. So visit Indeed.com slash locked on to start hiring now. Go to Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is also brought to you by Shawarma Palace. You know we love our friends at Shawarma Palace so much, my mouth waters when I start these commercials. Why? Because the quality at Shawarma Palace is so sky high, and at no point do they say, wow, our food is so good, we're going to steal some from you. No, they put so much on your plate that you even have enough for leftovers. Now you can dine at any of Shawarma Palace's seven Ottawa locations. Seven. Ross, we were just hoping that there was nine this whole time because we love Shawarma Palace so much. We're like, yeah, there's probably two extra locations somewhere. One of them is in your dreams and one of them is in <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. The two extra Shawarma Palace stores. Well, where are Shawarma Palaces? They are everywhere. All seven of them. The Sailor Ross Shopping Center, they're on Innes Road, they're on Bank Street twice, they're on Woodruff, they're on Rideau Street, and also on the Carleton University campus. So check them out on Instagram, Shawarma Palace, Ottawa. Go see them now, go eat like a royal, and enjoy yourself at Shawarma Palace, where you can get the best shawarma on planet Earth. Go to Shawarma Palace now, go to Shawarma Palace now, and go there and put a tweet out for us, because we want to see your Shawarma Palace. Go eat like a royal at Shawarma Palace. Alright, Pilsy. The time has come for me to unveil my plan to the board of directors here about who the Ottawa Senators need to acquire to help out this forward group. Mm. There's a couple of good names, and I put out a teaser on Twitter at Sense Central yesterday. And there were some good answers. I liked Bruce's answer. Bruce Garriock chimed in and said Corey Perry. Now, I don't know if Corey Perry is going to be signing in Ottawa, but man, that that would be an interesting fit because he's got the experience and he's got the respect, maybe not uh, always from his uh, peers, 
as he likes to get in the mix a little bit, the rat. Yeah. But uh, certainly he's earned Warm. their respect. Yeah, uh, Ross, we've been on this train for a while. We were uh, both really pushing for Corey Perry to sign with the Sens when he signed in Montreal. So that was a bit disappointing for us. But I'll agree with you. I'm not quite so sure that he would come to Ottawa, but I think he would be a good fourth-line guy. So I'll co-sign that with Bruce. Yeah, so he's the type of guy where where you bring him in and automatically you are you get a little more name notoriety, right? And by the way, before I, I unveil, it's not Corey Perry because I don't think it's realistic. But also, imagine the point if and when a documentary comes out where you can do like the rewind and 15 years ago, Corey Perry is a young kid about the same age as Ottawa's core won the Stanley cup against Ottawa. And then you fast forward two decades later and here he is battling with the young bucks who are now up and coming with Ottawa. Like that's a storyline for a documentary. If I've ever seen one. Absolutely. Yeah. And the thing is too, Ross, like, it's pretty hard to find a guy in the NHL with more experience and that still provides offense. Like he's he's not just a guy in the room. Like he's still making things happen. Did he won an MVP back in the day, didn't he? Yeah, MVP, a scoring title as well. He's yeah, he's been to how many Stanley Cup finals? He has a uh, uh, gold medals. Yeah, gold medals. Like this guy has done it all and he would be a wealth of knowledge added to this locker room. So yeah, I'm I'm down for that for sure. Yeah, I mean, if that could happen for sure, and and if he and if Corey Perry were to come to Ottawa, then my my next call here w- would probably be obsolete because you're looking at the same position. I want to bring back Connor Brown downtown. Connor Brown, he hasn't had a point since leaving Ottawa a year ago, wow. but he's also suffered a a really tough injury where it had to. You know, it it took an entire year. He played four games last year with Washington. It was an ACL surgery, a projected six to eight month recovery. But I want to say he'd been back skating for a little bit towards the end of the season. So I do think that he has the opportunity to have a full summer of training properly and get back in the mix. Now, why Connor Brown? There's a few reasons to this. Number one, and I'll get your take on each one. I'm not just going to lift off a hundred, but. You're looking at a guy who's 29 years old and before this injury had barely missed a game. Like this guy has three 82 game seasons under his belt, played all 56 during the COVID year, just an unfortunately timed injury in the last year of his contract. So if you are looking at, at signing that big ticket, probably not going to be there for him this summer. So why not? And of course we'll get to Ottawa's perspective on this, but I want to get into Connor Brown's mindset. If DJ Smith is back, who 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 loves Connor Brown more than DJ Smith? I don't think anybody. So if he's going to sign a one-year prove-it deal in a situation where he's going to he knows he's going to be a top penalty killer, he'll probably get some PP2 time and he'll be used in all situations. I just think for him, why not go to a coach you know loves you and will play you and then boom, you can sign a little bit less next year with knowing the opportunity that you'll get and then boom, you get your payday next summer probably outside Ottawa. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad idea, and I'm still kind of feeling the wrong way about Connor Brown being traded at the time he was. I think he would have been a perfect guy for this team last season, Uh, although obviously he got injured, so that's kind of a moot point. But I I think it's a good idea, Ross. The only thing is I think he might have a better opportunity 
if he wants to do a show me type year, going to a rebuilding team and getting middle six opportunity rather than kind of capping out as a third liner. But you make good points. Like this is where he's been comfortable. He knows the guys, he knows the area, he knows the coach. So it could work. And if he was down to come back on a one year or even two year at a shorter AAV, I'd be all for it. I would probably say the highest you can go with it with a guy like that is like 2.8. Yeah, you can't go past three mil. You can't. You really, you really can't. Ottawa's getting to that point where, where the crunch is real. Like if if it's possible, and I don't think it is, but again, going back to Joseph, like if you could swap out Joseph and get a pick back and then bring in Connor Brown at, at a similar AAV, that 2.95 for a one year and create more flexibility for for the following two years that Joseph has. I mean, that's probably a bit of an upgrade on the third line, no? Yeah, I, w- I would say for sure. Yeah, especially with how Joseph's uh, season went last year. But I don't know. I- I'm sticking with the fact that I don't think they trade Joseph now. Like, you're trading him at his lowest value time. Like, you'd have to be – the sell job would have to be, look, this is a guy that has untapped potential, and you've got him for a couple years at a, at a price you know, and he's not, like – $3 million, that's not going to bust anyone's uh, cap, really. So you could do it, but either you're getting a, a bad contract or underperforming contract back, or you're just taking a, a middle pick just to get rid of him. So I'm not sure if the Sens will do that, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I, I would just like to have it. The vibes, obviously, you know he fits in the locker room. You know he fits in the culture of the team. And I know some people are probably yelling, shoot! At their computer right now because there were times where he'd pass up golden opportunities or simply just miss the net. A little bit of Mike Fisher syndrome, if, if I will. This guy also can go on wild heaters. This guy, I believe, has the record for most consecutive games with a goal. I believe it's eight. Am, am I right there? Eight? It's eight or nine, yeah. Yeah, because Batherson had it at, at like seven that same year. And then later on, Connor Brown from downtown. But I, I just, I, I think that it's the perfect buy low candidate. And where you're, hel- it's kind of a mutually beneficial situation where you can kind of, um, you know, bring him back to the level where he sh- he should have been getting like a three by four contract at four million per for right. his next deal, right? He's coming off the deal he signed in Ottawa was three point six AAV, the worst timing for an injury ever. He was literally going to be Alex Ovechkin's line mate this year. Yeah. So unfortunate that he ends up getting hurt. But if the opportunity is here for Connor Brown to come back to Ottawa, I would certainly love to see it. You look at Austin Watson being one of the best penalty killers for Ottawa last year, in all likelihood, he's gone. So it's another way where you can bring in from the exterior and know you're getting an elite penalty killer who can help out in multiple areas on this team. So I'm all in on Connor Brown. There's a few other names that I like. I, I don't know how realistic all of them are, but we'll get into those later. But I just circled that name. I was like, man, wouldn't that just make so much sense to bring Connor Brown back to Ottawa? You need depth scoring. You need depth in terms of penalty killers. It, it would just make too much sense. Only thing is, though, Pills, he needs to get a new number because 28's uh, been transferred to another redhead. It's true. Yeah, he would have to have a new number. Uh, Ross, I got a couple names to throw out for you. And Ooh. ironically, two of them are former sense. And then a third one is is more just a fun, fun idea. I'm not banging the table for it. But first, I'll start off with, I'd be down to bring back Tyler Mott. Especially yeah. if you get him at a cheap price. He's a guy that can kill penalties. I thought he just, uh, he didn't quite have enough time to fit with this group. And he's the type of guy, Ross, 
I thought if you had more time of Mott, Pinto, Joseph, they could have made a nice line there, but you didn't get much time with that with Norris being hurt, so that jumbled that all up. But also, I think he's an okay third liner and a good fourth liner. So he can kind of bounce up and down on that spot, and you're going to get him at a cheap price. Like, they paid 1.35 for him last year. I think you could get him even lower than that this time around, maybe a 1.1, something like that. So... I think that's something that could work because although you're trying to ignite some offense into your bottom six, you need to focus on filling those penalty killing roles that have left the team. And he's already shown he can do that on this team. So that's one guy I looked at. The next guy, Ross. He was just, he was just un- uninspiring for me. Yeah, and I agree. He didn't do anything crazy, but also that third line was never what it was supposed to be. So if we get more sample size of him with Pinto and Joseph. I think it could turn out nice. The main thing I'm looking here is value and guys that can transition seamlessly into the team. So I think that's where it could work there. And Austin Watson isn't with the team anymore, so there's not that uh, weird tension after Watson elbowed him right in the face and knocked him out for a couple games. So you don't have to worry about that. Um, Next guy, he's coming from your neck of the woods, Ross, former senator, Vladimir Nemesnikov. I think... He was a really good player when he was here in Ottawa. Mind you, that's a couple years back. He had 13 goals, 12 assists, I think. He led the league in shorthanded goals while he was in Ottawa. And that's where I'm going, Ross. Another penalty killer that can take up a lot of that time. But I think he would be kind of the perfect fit for that third line with Pinto and Joseph because he can play a, a defensive game while still putting up offense. Now, his AAV was a little higher. Uh, this time around, I think that was coming off a contract that Detroit signed him to in free agency. It was 2.25. So that's got to come down for sure. I think it can be closer to 1.5. So that works. So those are two options, I thought. And then the third one, the fun one, this is the fourth line Austin Watson replacement. I think Ryan Reeves would bring such a good vibe to this team. Like, yeah. And he's still out there making big hits. Um, Alfie loves it. Yeah, Alfie's all fired up about that. Um, But uh, he's a guy that I think would really fit into this locker room. He would add a lot of kind of uh, juice to this team. Gumption. Yeah, and he's still a guy that when he's out there, the teammates, you feel a little bit bigger when Ryan Reeves is uh, on your side of the ice and uh, you don't have to worry about him on another team. And he's a guy, Ross, you don't need to play him every game. He can be in 60 games and come in uh, a plug-and-play guy when you want to add some offense. He actually played 83 games this year, Pelsey. No. Yeah, he did. He played 12 with the Rangers and then 61 with Minnesota. What? Ah, oh, that's 73. Damn it! Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I was like, no, there's no chance. I know he didn't play every single game. That's- that d- damn math getting away in the way of a good story, eh, Ross? Unbelievable. Well, I know when Keith Yandel was traded to the Rangers, he played 84 games that year. So I was all excited. I was like, oh, it's it happens. Yeah. And for anyone who's yelling at Pillsy right now, we don't need a goon. We don't need an enforcer. Uh, I hate to say this, but should I say it? Do it. Ryan Reed's had three less points than Matthew Joseph last year. That's the thing. Like, he's not a total scrub. He had 15 points in yeah. 61 games with uh, with Minnesota. Joseph had 18 points in 56 games. So, five less games, three more points. And, man, I bet if we talked to our guy Seth Dupal with Locked on Wild, he would say that when Reeves got to this team – there was a, a an ejection of of life, like they they were kind of in a weird spot, and then Revo got there and kind of 
boosted morale. So I just think that would be a good opportunity if it's at the right price. Like he's still, he was at a 175 AAV. That's, that's too much. It's got to be under 1.5. But these are the kind of players I'm looking at because I really want someone internally, Ross, to grab that third line uh, wing position alongside Pinto and Joseph. So I want guys that can play on the third line if need be, if you can't find that internal guy, but ultimately would be good or really good fourth liners that can kill penalties. Ryan Reeves has played more playoff games than any Ottawa Senators player right now. No, Claude Giroux. No, I'm including Claude Giroux. What? Ryan Reeves, 108 playoff games, Claude Giroux, 95. Wow, okay. Well, think about it. I mean, with St. Louis, he played 11 games in 2017. Then in 2018, he played 10 games with Vegas. Then he played 19 games with Vegas. Then he played 12 games with Vegas. And then he made the conference finals with the Rangers uh, last season and then had one round this year. Yeah, he's he's made the playoffs all but – no, every every season he's played in the NHL, he's played in the playoffs. Wow. Except for his rookie year. And he only played 20 games. He was more in the AHL that year. So, man, you've, you've opened my eyes to that one. I think if he's willing to yeah. come here, he's a Winnipeg guy. He's not afraid of Canada. So, right. I think it would be uh, it would be pretty cool to, to, to get a, a legit heavyweight. I don't think Sens fans would be worried about uh, fights the same way they were when Waddy dropped the gloves when, uh, when Revo gets in the mix. And if you want to see him in action, I mean, Sens fans certainly have because he's taken care of a lot of Senators over the years. Remember Scott Sabrin? Yeah. Like, I'm glad he's just like, he, he had hands down. He wasn't even defending himself. He's like, you want to go? Let's go. <laughs> go. Oh, you want to go? Bah, bah, bah. Crazy. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think that would be a good fit. Now, it, it, is that likely? I'm not sure. But those are just three players I was tinkering around with. We're just throwing darts at the board right now. But as we near free agency, we'll have full previews for you. Make sure you're locked on Senators wherever you get your podcast. We should also mention we are taking – Friday off. We are taking no show Friday, no show Friday. We'll be back Monday. We'll have Mark Mathot next week. Pilsy, I'm ready to tease this one as well because our boy Footy set it up. Our guy. We will have head coach of the Belleville Senators, David Bell, will join the show next week. So stay tuned for that. Lots of great shows coming up on the horizon, but we will not be having a show Friday. We will be back tomorrow. With uh, very intriguing exit interviews, we're going to do yes. Josh Norris right tomorrow and Ridley. And Ridley Greg. Greg. Yep, that's going to be fun. So we got that tomorrow. No show Friday. Have I mentioned no show Friday? No show Friday. Okay, and then, we don't do this very often. That's why we're really hammering it home. Well, you're going to Blink 182, which is pretty sweet. Yeah, so I'm I'm fired up about that. So we're not going to make you wake up the next day, and uh, we'll miss you. That's a Blink 182 song. Nice. Yes. Yes, Ross. And I mean. All the small things considered, it's one episode out out of uh, a lot of episodes we do hit and bonus content we get. Are you going on a first date? Nope, not first date, but I am going down to Toronto. And to the rock show. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to the rock show. You're right. All right, all right. Enough of that. (laughs) Enough of that. Enough of that. All right, coming up next, we'll get to today's exit interviews. Igor Sokolov and Julian Gauthier. You're listening to Locked On Senators. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Ross, we just talked about me going to the Blink-182 concert. Well, if you want to go to a concert, 
you got to check out Game Time because it's not just sports tickets. You can go to concerts, sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. And the best part is, Ross, you don't have to worry about last-minute tickets. Game Time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. All you have to do is go to their app and you can find exclusive flash deals for any entertainment. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. You can get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. And you can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds. Just two taps, one, two, boom, and you got the tickets on your phone. No worries about getting your printer set up, finding your old email login, none of that. You don't need to worry about it. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for 20 bucks off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right, Pilsy. Uh, one more reason why Connor Brown needs to be pursued by the Ottawa Senators. Give me one more reason. They haven't had a Brown in like 50 games. <laughs> no, yeah. Start, start. Not, not 50 games, but maybe going forward because Patty Brown came in, saved the day. Exactly, yeah. And that would, that would help my uh, feeling of getting a Brown uh, Ottawa Senators jersey. Sorry, so it's Connor Brown, Josh Brown, Logan Brown, Patty Brown. And then Dean Brown. And Dean Brown. That's hilarious. So, yeah, that's my final reason is we need a Brown or else there's going to be so many empty nameplates just littered around the CTC floor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we're not bringing back Josh Brown. Those days are over. I mean, he was just scratching the surface. Maybe he's found the surface now, Ross. Yeah, in Arizona. All right, let's get to today's exit interviews. Let's start with one of the best friends of this show, Igor Sokolov. Now, Pilsy and I were lucky enough to be in attendance for Igor's first National Hockey League goal. He hounded like a shark, smelling blood in the water, was able to throw a banana behind Eric Chernak. He fell, takes the puck, boom, comes in, opens up Brian Elliott and slides the puck home. That was Igor's first National Hockey League goal. And he didn't get a whole lot of opportunity this year, but I did like what he made of it. Five games played at the National Hockey League level. One goal, one assist for two points, only averaging seven minutes per game. And the expected goals percentage, (laughs) 72.4% of the expected goals when he was on the ice for the Ottawa Senators. The Corsi percentage, shots on goal at five on five, is 57.5. The advanced analytics look great. The ice time does not. The fans gave him a B vote, 44%. And very interesting to note as well, Pilsy, an RFA right now. He needs a new contract. He's 23 years old or will be next season. So it's it's time to make a decision in a sense of what Igor is going to get on his next contract. Yeah, big time. This is a, a pivotal moment uh, for Igor in his career. And you talk about um, getting a chance to play in the NHL. Well, he only got five games and averaging seven minutes. Like, I really think if he got a bigger chance, you would have seen a lot more. Like, yeah, sure, small sample size, but those analytics show really well for him. And he was someone that 
didn't have the line mates that would exactly set him up for success. And he had a bunch of good chances in those five games. And we manifested that goal, Ross. You tweeted out Igor Sokolov goal coming tonight and uh, it ends up happening. And then, Ross, he went down, back down to Belleville and for a couple games to finish the season off. And he lit it up. He had three points in the last four games. So I just think this is a guy that he's shown time and time again that he's done with the AHL. Like he's led this team in points and scoring pretty much every, every year he's been here. He's doesn't he have the franchise record for most points now? He passed Batherson. He's got the franchise record for most games, most goals, most points. Like what else? Did he pass Jordan Murray in games? Mm. I thought he was right there. Well, cause he went back at the end of the season. Yeah. Anyways, that's, that's Belleville. But what, what I'm saying, the point is that, He's proven that he can do it at the AHL level and tied. Tied. Okay, interesting. Wow. Three way tie with Cole Reinhardt as well. Oh, nice, nice. Um, Very nice. 169 games. So I just think you need to give Igor either some scoring help on the fourth line if he's going to be a fourth line guy in the NHL, but I think he has to have a good camp this year, Ross. Kind of the the rumors of last year's camp were that it wasn't exactly a kind of. Uh, forcing the senator's hand to have him come and play in the NHL. So he's going to have a big off season this year. And I hope he has a really good camp. And he's one of those guys that I've mentioned for that third line wing spot beside Pinto and Joseph. I want an internal guy to fill that spot. And I would say it's between Igor Ridley Crookshank and Yarventi. Those are the guys internally I'm looking at that could take a hold of that spot. And I don't see why Igor doesn't, isn't the top runner in that spot. And if you're watching on YouTube, I pull up elite prospects right now and, and you can see it. He's almost 20 points clear of anybody else who's ever played. Like he has graduated from Belleville. There's nothing left for him to prove down there. Yep. You look at total points at 134 points per game. Like, I mean, there's some guys who played 20 games, shout out Michael Del Zotto here, but he's still top yeah. 10 in that. And when you lead the, the team in games played, it's going to be a little bit difficult to keep that points per game as high, but still right up there in the mix. He just needs to be given a fair opportunity to play in the National Hockey League. I mean, he did not look out of place that last uh, that last go around, the five games at the end of the season. I think it would be fair to say that he was chasing the game last season when he came up there, and it was pretty inopportune time to have him up when the Senators were facing all their COVID situations, I think he was playing on, on a line with guys who, sh- who like it wasn't an NHL line. And no. like, it's fair to say at that point, they, they just needed someone to fill a role. But this year I thought he really established him his game. I liked his little pop passes. I was going back and looking at some of the highlights from the games that he was playing and, he, he was able, like, he knows that he's never going to be the fastest guy at the NHL level. So what I liked what he did is he would get the puck and while the defenseman would draw in, he'd use some vision and just put a little little pass and get his teammates going with speed, like the guy we're about to talk to uh, about next year in Julian Gauthier. But I, I found, like, that's a playoff line right there. If you put Kastelik between Gauthier and Sokolov, if, if we're not going to put him on a third oper- third line, like, he needs to play in the NHL either way. Yep. Agreed. That's what I'm saying here. So he needs to be given that role. So if that's the case, if he is going to play seven, eight minutes, he can he can adjust. I think he'd start chipping and chasing and doing that sort of thing. But man, that's a line where if you're grinding down low, 
those are three big fellas that I don't think a lot of defensemen, especially third pairs that they'll be more so going against, can handle deep uh, in their own zone. They've got a bit of skill, all three of them as well. Yeah. So I think that's a sneaky option for next year as a fourth line is bringing back Gauthier, having him Catholic and uh, and Sokolov. That would mean you probably struck out on a couple of the free agents that we were talking about there, but injuries also happen. So at some point next year, that would be a fun fourth line to see. Yeah, absolutely. And and the thing is, Ross, I just think Igor needed more time in the NHL to to get to get his feet wet and to get a real understanding of what it's like to play there. Because it is a big jump from the AHL, especially Ross, when in Igor's case, you're used to being a top line guy getting top power play minutes, and you're probably playing upwards of 17, 18 minutes a night. So then to go to the NHL, you're not playing with top skill guys anymore like you were in, a- in the AHL. You're playing with fourth-line grinders. You're only getting seven minutes of ice time. You're, you're playing essentially two shifts, two or three shifts a period, if that. So it's a total adjustment of how you are used to playing even just the game of hockey in general. So I think he needed more than a five-game sample size to get used to that and to figure out how to be more effective in that role. Not saying he wasn't effective, but I just think he could have been more effective if he had more time to adjust to that type of role. So I'm hoping, again, that he has a great training camp and he can start the season off with a good spot and, and see how it goes from there. Yeah, we'll talk to David Bell about Igor next week, but just such a likable guy. One of our favorites, like, I I just really I'm cheering for Igor more than more than anybody I think to make an impact because like the shots obviously there that's an a plus attribute that he has it's about getting open to find his spot and be given the opportunity to earn the confidence that he can go out and, and get it done so I'm curious like what what contract do you think he gets this summer? I honestly have no clue. Like it's so intriguing for how they're going to deal with Igor Sokolov here because. Yeah, I, I honestly have no clue, Ross. Do you have any sort of inclination, or what are you thinking? No, I have I have no clue what what what's going to happen for him. I, I know that he doesn't need waivers uh, next season, but do you see this Ross as being the type of deal where maybe they give him a two year deal, first year two way, and second year one way to dangle the carrot? I think yeah, that but- may be something that they could do. If I'm Igor, I'm probably pushing for a one-way deal. Yeah, no, I mean definitely, but no, but I like I think that he can look at the numbers in Belleville and be like, I've led this team for two. Like, what more do you want from me in Belleville? Yeah. If you're if I'm going down there, I better be making NHL money. Yeah, exactly. And he doesn't need waivers either way, but he should be making NHL money because he's proven that he's too good for the AHL. Definitely, yeah. No, and it's, uh, and it's been fair. on a bad team. Like the Belleville yes. Bulls are not a good team, and and they had so many injuries, especially down the middle. Like that top line that they had in Manitoba when I was calling the game, it it wasn't la- it didn't stay together for long enough. Where it was Ridley, Greg, Angus, Crookshank, and Igor Sokolov. That's a nice little line, but it's also a young line, and they were taking on the top D pair of every other team because all of the good veterans that Belleville had went on to do yeah. great things elsewhere. Like imagine a Michael Carcone or somebody like uh, anyways, that's another story. (laughs) But if I'm Igor, I'm pushing for a two year one way contract at a league minimum because that league minimum is still way more than it is in the AHL. And if you're the senators, that's good value. If you're if you're going to give them an NHL job, league minimum, boom, win win. So hopefully that's the case for Igor Sokolov. 
All right, Julian Gauthier. The season that was for Julian Gauthier. It started in New York and ended with the Ottawa Senators. A lot of times in the press box for whatever reason, but I thought that he was an impactful player almost every time he stepped out on the ice. He played 40 games with the Rangers before coming over to Ottawa. He had six goals, three assists, good for nine points during that stretch. But then after coming to Ottawa, he finished the season with 17 games here, Three goals, two assists for five points, an expected goals percentage of 50.3, and a Corsi of 48.8. He averaged nine minutes and 19 seconds per game. The fans gave him a C at exactly 50%. You can go still vote on Twitter at Send Central. Pilsy, the pending restricted free agent, his qualifying offer would see him make about $880,000 for next year. I hope they give him that. I hope he signs it, and I hope that he's back in a similar 12th, 13th forward rotation next season. Yep, I'm with you on that, Ross. I think the frustrating thing with Julian Gauthier, Ross, is when this trade was made, uh, Julian Gauthier and a sec- seventh, sorry, not second, seventh round pick for Tyler Mott from the New York Rangers, I was under the impression that this was going to be a type of scenario where Gauthier was a first round pick back in the day. He's a player with size, speed, and skill. But, you know, he's just buried on a really good New York Rangers roster. So I was of the impression he's going to come to Ottawa. He's going to get more opportunities. And we're going to see what this kid has. Unfortunately, he didn't really get those opportunities. And it seemed like he was often in DJ Smith's doghouse, like averaging only nine minutes and 19 seconds. Like, I would have loved to see him more on the third line. Instead, we had Patrick Brown and Dylan Gambrell playing those third line minutes. And... There was times where Gauthier was making incredible plays. Like, Ross, we had front row seats, quite literally, to his goal in that Tampa game. It was an amazing play, and he just wired it top shelf and beats Brian Elliott. Like, this kid has a good shot. He's able to get speed. Like, he's one of those guys, once he gets momentum, he can get going so fast with how big and strong his legs are. And we saw him make a really nice pass to set up Shane Pinto for a goal in that game as well. So... This kid has all the tools. He just needs the opportunity. And I think the Sens, they did a good job finding a younger player that's going to be under team control in return for that Mott uh, trade. And I think, yeah, he should be a guy that's a 12th, 13th forward that can pop in and out of the lineup and can kind of be your your uh, speed and size play when you need it. But the problem is, and if I'm Pierre Dorian, I'd be so mad at how DJ didn't use him with all those injuries at the end of the year, you had an opportunity to get about 25 games. Mm -hmm. He had to be a healthy scratch for at least seven, maybe more. And they just simply didn't use him in a situation where he was helping them. Every every game, he was noticeable. He he had to be top five on the team all season in breakaways. Like he had like, what, four (laughs) or five breakaways? He he did have a bunch of breakaways and Ross, he was shooting at a 17.6% clip like this for the season. He shot 17%. And the thing is, we heard it right away. Uh, Our friend John Chick over at Locked On Rangers, go check that out. When the trade was made, we got some info on him and him and Rangers fans were saying, just get ready to be frustrated because everything's there, but he just can't quite finish. And we saw that a bunch of times where He's gotten himself in the position for a really good high danger scoring opportunity, but then can't get the finish. But we've seen, like I mentioned, that goal against Tampa, he can finish uh, with a great shot here and there. So 
I think he's an intriguing player, and I think he fits into this culture. He's a Quebec guy, so being in Ottawa, nice close to home. And he's 26 years old, so he's right in that uh, kind of sweet spot uh, of uh, age group for this team. So I I hope they just get this done in a tidy piece of business, Ross, and uh, he just signs the qualifying offer and we move on. Yeah, it really shouldn't be that that complicated here for for Julian Gauthier. Yeah, six four, two twenty four. He's, he's built like a bodybuilder. Like he's he's tough. He's strong. I, I think a little bit more of a mean streak wouldn't hurt him um, to maybe get in the mix a little bit more and, and use that big frame, stand up a little bit better. But uh, overall, like yeah, he's noticeable. And that to me is in the bottom six. How many guys were unnoticeable this year? And to me, that a makes him improve, that makes him an improvement right off the bat. Yep, agreed. So with Julian Gauthier, hopefully he just signs that. He's due for It's going to be a one-way contract. He's already graduated from any sort of talk that he's going to go back to the to the minors. One thing to note about him as well, and maybe this is something where you want him to kind of, you know, I don't want to say toughen up. I want to say maybe um, exert himself physically a little bit more. Only six penalty minutes in 57 games this year. Where it's mm-hmm. like, if you're if you're coming in on the four-check heavy every single time, you might earn a couple more roughing uh, or boarding penalties, that sort of thing. But hey, he's able to show discipline. And the last thing you want, and something that you said was a negative for, for Austin Watson, and rightfully so, you don't want your bottom six guys taking needless penalties in the offensive zone especially, but anywhere on the ice. So only yeah. three minor penalties in 57 games this year for Julian Gauthier in between the Rangers and uh, with Ottawa. Only one penalty in 17 games uh, for Ottawa this past season. So uh, all in all, Julian Gauthier, hope he's back. I, I just really like the kind of size speed of uh, that he that he brings. And hopefully one of these years, uh, the offense just clicks and he goes off for – 10 or 15 goals. But again, Pilsy, we're in that point in the in the depth chart where how many 13th forwards can you have on a team? Yeah, in my mind, Rossi, you can have two. And in, in my mind, I have Parker Kelly as a 13th forward and Julian Gauthier as a 13th forward. One guy that provides physicality and not a whole lot of offense. And then another guy that can provide uh, speed and skill, but not a whole lot of physicality in Julian Gauthier. So that's kind of how I'm viewing it. All right, well, let's find out sooner rather than later, hopefully, with Julian Gauthier as the qualifying offers can be given 48 hours after the final game in the Stanley Cup Finals or June 1st, whichever comes first. Enjoy Blue Team Elimination tonight, everyone. It is a great day in the hockey world. The Leafs facing elimination against the Florida Panthers. Later tonight, it will be Vegas and Edmonton. Just a round full of blowouts. Last night, we had two more with Carolina and New Jersey. Pilsy, any final thoughts on today's show? Yeah, the final, final thoughts for me is the second round has been hard to grab my attention. I did watch both games last night, but it's just tough when it's just teams exchanging blowout games. You know what I mean? Like, especially that New Jersey-Carolina team uh, series is so drunk. Like, it's just like one team dominates and then the the next game another team dominates like i was watching that game casually and every time i looked up from my phone or came back from the kitchen or whatever there was another goal happening like it was wild and then the compete level between dallas and seattle like if you're a fan of just like good hockey and systems and good checking and good defense and good for checking and all that kind of stuff that's the series to watch because those two teams play very tight games so yeah, it's exciting, and uh, I'm going to be watching Blue Team Elimination Day from the bar. Uh, I'm working at uh, Black Bellows tonight, so we'll, well, hopefully I'll get to see some sad Leafs fans there. Black Bellows in Collingwood. Go check it out. Now, my final thoughts. I want to give a shout-out 
to the centennial pot friends of the show they, they still need to be citizens and we're on like opposite schedules we've yeah, tried to happen before but we will sooner than later but their most recent episode they had yuri smekal's swedish hockey league coach on so if you want to learn more about yuri smekal another 13th forward dare i say no that's a guy i need to add to that list actually i i apologize for omitting him but he's also a front runner for that third line wing job Okay, well, there you have it. If you want to learn more about him, go check out the Centennial podcast wherever you download your podcasts as well. But for today, we say goodbye. We'll chat tomorrow. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. <laughs>